Let's say this. Uh, Robbie, as y'all are, I know, finished setting up. Can we just do this this morning, if you give me the grace to do that? Can we just give God a big praise for the worship team? They did it. I just want to tell you, man, that was awesome. Jay, I love it. I love the way you made it loud. I like to feel it. You know me. I like, I'm one of those feeling guys. I like to feel that thump and that low end right there. It takes my breath. makes my heart skip a beat. I, and I know y'all are a bunch of crazies, too, because you like it, too. So I just want to say, Jay, I love you. You're doing, man, an outstanding job in the Lord. I'm so excited. This is a, man, this is such a holy week for us, isn't it? This is a great time in the Lord this week. I mean, think about it. All around the world right now, people are celebrating, whether it's in Jerusalem, whatever it might be, the triumphal entry. That's where we're going to today. Palm Sunday. It's in every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's in every gospel. And people around the world are just taking these journeys to these places to celebrate, to reenact, and just kind of walk as if to say, if I was there, Jesus, when you came in, what would it be like? What would it be like if I was standing there and you came in on this little young donkey, this foal of a donkey, a a colt of a donkey? If I was there, what would I say? Would I I say, Jesus, go ahead. Would I lay down the palm branches because the palm branches were inciting the nation, the empire of Rome because there on the money was a picture of Caesar with palm branches. And so to lay down palm branches was as if to say, no, we're saying no to Rome and we're saying yes to the God of Israel. I mean, what would I do? Would I, would I do that? Would I take my cloak off and would I throw it down as if to say the very thing that keeps me warm, the very thing that keeps me safe, you know, God, you can have, would I do that? Would I, would I be with the Pharisees saying, who is this Jesus? Is he a loser? Is he a lunatic? Is he a liar? Is he just crazy? Is he he's just trying to mess up everything? What would I say? What would I do? What would I be like? I know this about me and I know this about you that none of us in here will miss the party. Can I get a witness? Yes. You would not miss the party. That's why I love pastoring you. You're the people that went to the party that it's not a party until something gets broke. And we were the ones that broke it. So let's just tell the truth and shame the devil. We were that people. You know, that everybody's like, that's the wild people. But you know, that's what I love about you is now that you've been transformed by the power of the gospel, now you're wild for the Lord. I think those who've been forgiven much, like the Word of God says, love much. So what would I do? What would I be like when Jesus shows up? You ever thought about that? You're right there, right now. Jesus showing up. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, puts it like this. says, and out of the New American Standard, says, But when the fullness of time came, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son born of a woman not born of a man notice that don't miss that born of a woman because Jesus had only one father and it was God born of a woman born under the law and then he goes on to say this so that he might redeem those who are under the law, that's us, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. The law just reaps that over us. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son, into our hearts, crying, Daddy. Or Aramaic, 
Abba, Father. And so we, we, we get this intimate relationship with God because of Jesus. But don't miss the beginning of verse 4. But when the fullness of time came, have you ever wondered about when Jesus shows up, you know, will I recognize him? Jesus, that implies that Jesus will show up in your very time of need. He's not going to be early. I'm going to tell you why. Because I love Proverbs says, Proverbs 30 verse, 50, 30 verse 5 says, every word of the Lord is tested. And so we know that this word of God is tested. And so we hold on to the word that we get. We have a test of faith, and then Jesus shows up. And so, you know, during that time uh, between God showing up and the promise is a season of faith. But God will show up. But when the fullness of time came, Jesus shows up. That word literally means this. Uh, it means, I love Kostenberger and those guys say this, these great theologians says, it really means this, at just the right time. At just the right time, Jesus shows up. I love that he shows up at just the right time. Now, it's probably not at the right time that we want it. True? How many times have we all experienced that? Like, Jesus, can you come now? Uh, you're a little late. Know your role. Uh, you need to hurry up. Right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, let's just tell what's in our hearts. But no, I mean, he says, at just the right time, that's what it means, Jesus shows up. So Jesus shows up at that point in time. It was just the right time, and here's this triumphal entry, and let's look at it. Oh, I love that. He comes just the right time, but here's my question today. When Jesus comes at just the right time, will I recognize him? Will you recognize him? Will we recognize him? Uh, Matthew chapter 21. I know you're going, John, where are you going with that? Okay, well, thanks for asking, so I'll just tell you. Matthew chapter 21. Let's go ahead, take out your uh, phones, take out your uh, pad. I don't care what you got. Memorize. Who knows what you got? Y'all are wild, and I'm not. So I I just, you know, Matthew uh, chapter 21. Let's look at verses 1 through 11. Just kind of wrap our mind around this. And I'm going to bounce around, so stay with me. All, all, the, all the sermon notes are online and on Facebook at Summit Church. They're online at summitcharleston.com. So keep tracking it. Keep tracking it. Pray through it. Use it what you need. Verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Now, you know, Jesus had, um, had called Lazarus from the dead right here. And then they go just a little further, like a mile to Bethphage. And then they get to the Mount of Olives. You know, at the top, it's about 200 feet below, uh, excuse me, above the, the highest point of Jerusalem. And then they go down the, the Mount of Olives, and that's where it's like, woo, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, you're the king, son of David. And right, so boom, he goes down. He goes through the blood trail and then back up to Jerusalem. And so that's kind of where he's going here. And so you get to see that. Um, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet. Then he begins to quote uh, Zechariah uh, uh, 9, chapter 9, verse 9. Say to, the, say to daughter Zion, that's another word for Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal, or that means the young of, of donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and colt and placed 
the cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees, that's the palms, and spread them on the road. We know that from another gospel. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted. And then we sang the second song that we sang, did you notice, is now part of this. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? Father, will you make yourself clear today to us? Who are you? Are you our helper, deliverer, Lord, King, Savior, Redeemer, Prophet, Priest? Who are you? I know that you will come at our very time of need. Every one of us in this room has a time of need and you show up. But it will require faith till you come. So Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way and I don't don't want to come with any wise and persuasive words, Lord. I just want to come with a demonstration of the Spirit and power. You promised the Spirit in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, Lord. You promised it, and you are good, and you never lie, and you are truthful, and you never leave us, so come quickly. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, our King Jesus. In his name we pray, amen and what? All right, so here's what I'm asking. Here's what I'm getting to. Verse 11. The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the what, saints? Talk to me. I I didn't hear you. What? Ah, prophet. Prophet. I mean, he's coming on the fall of a dawn. When Jesus comes, will I recognize him? What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that Jesus shows up in your life all the time. He shows up in all, all the time, but he does not show up like you think he should. He, he could show up in a powerful way, but if he did, and Kevin, this is where you've been on me to write that book about the holiness of God as the fire of hell, I've got I've to finish that, but Jesus is not going to show up because his mercy holds him back from showing up because when he shows up, fire always goes before our king. In fact, His eyes are like flames of fire. Read it in Revelation chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 19. Read it as they quoted in the Psalms in 97. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. I mean, there's a litany. There is a plethora of passages. Moses at the burning bush, fire goes before him. But notice the bush was not burned because God does not need anything from earth to help his fire burn. And he doesn't need me, but he chooses so graciously to allow me to come in, be a part of his kingdom. And so what happens is he doesn't, his mercy keeps him at bay, his love keeps him at bay from showing up in that type of way, in a physical appearance type of way, because if he shows up in a physical appearance, then everything that's not from him will burn up forever and ever and ever, amen. 
Because that holiness, his holiness is as such a white, bright light. It says it's such a bright light that even our robes are whiter than white. And that we will reflect some type of light. We will be like the angels in heaven reflecting this type of light, this glory of God. There'll be no more sun, no more moon because he's at the center of the throne. And his bright light will be our day. And it will always be day because of the power of Jesus. And so this bright light extends and it goes through it. In fact, it's so purifying that when we stand in front of the Lord, anything that's wood, hay, stubble, the New Testament tells us, will be burned up. There's a sea of glass that's crystal clear because this fire is so purifying. And for us who are being saved, we walk into his presence already been burned by the holiness of God that is the righteousness of Jesus and we walk into his presence we come boldly to the throne of grace like Hebrew says and we can get grace and help in our time of need and we come into his presence because the righteousness of Jesus protects us and that is why Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego didn't burn in the fire because Jesus was somebody got to get it maybe somebody I don't know I know if we played football, we've had too many hits to the head. I know we've been at many parties. I know y'all are wild. That's why I love you. I love the people like you. And so we're going to get it. that holiness of God. So when you have the holiness of God, you and you walk around people, it just doesn't sit well with them. But will we recognize the presence of Jesus? So Jesus comes to us in different ways. He comes to us in ways right now that we don't understand. And we have to see it through the eyes of faith. We have to see it through the very presence of the Spirit of God, the kingdom language within us through our salvation as we're moving with Christ. Because Christianity is a movement, not an institution. And so what happens as we move with him, we move and we bring this level of holiness that's his holiness, not ours. That's why you can't be good enough and I can't be good enough and we can't be big enough and bad enough in the faith. We can't do anything to lose our salvation, much less gain our salvation. We can't do anything. It is all Jesus Christ. It is all our King and it is all our Lord. So will I recognize him? They said he was a prophet. He said he was a prophet. But notice the only, there's a couple ways. I want to give you two things. Ready? Number one. The only way to, there's two ways. The first way to recognize Jesus right now in your life. Here's to recognize him. is to just start with scripture. John, that's an oversimplification. You're right. You're right. But maybe it's a little deeper as we look into it. It's, in, in other words, it's this. When we begin to look at Scripture, we begin to understand. Look what he said there. He said, I'm going to show you my power. Here's just a simple miracle. Verse 2, verse 2 of chapter 21. Saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there. With her colt, that is her young, by her. And then he gives them this assignment, untie them and bring them to me. In other words, and here's what's interesting. Whatever Jesus said, it happened. Because if you go down to read there, uh, as soon as they walked into the village, there it was. As soon as they went to the next village, there it was. There was the donkey, there was the colt. It was right there. I mean, this is such a minute miracle, but I want to expound on it today. It's interesting that Jesus says, if you'll follow me and look for me through the lenses of Scripture, you'll begin to see me in ways you've never seen me before. For example, because of his mercy and grace, he comes in humility. 
I mean, think about it. He's riding in. They're praising him as a prophet. They don't see him. And Jesus is weeping over this. Jesus is sad over this. Jesus is destroyed over this. If you look there with me, I want us to look at one part of it. And I found it very, very interesting in Scripture. When you go back and you see how this happens, look, keep your finger there in Matthew and go to Luke chapter 19. Let's look at a parallel passage. Luke chapter 19. And let's look at verse 41 and following. I'm going to go 41 through 44. Now, this is the same triumphal entry. Look what happens. Verse 41. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, what did he do, saints? Talk to me. Yes. Jesus wept. Not just when Lazarus was dead. But Jesus wept. Why? This is why our king wept. 42, and said, if you, even you, had only known this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. Look down at the end of 44. 44 says, they will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. He said, this is what's coming your way. And it did, by the way. They will not leave one stone on another. And listen to what he says. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. God wanted me to tell you today, recognize the time that he's coming. And start with the lens of scripture because God wants to speak and come to you right now where you are because he wants to move you and the gospel of the kingdom that you're going to make a difference for his kingdom and you're going to usher in a highway of holiness. But it's not going to come through the lens of the flesh. It's only going to come through the lens of the spirit. Because you see, when we look at things in the flesh, we look at it a different way. They were taking the very palm branches and they were saying, you are our king, not Caesar. Boom. I mean, it was inside of the Messiah door. The Messiah gate was open. It was only open during the Passover and it's open. If you go there right now, the, the, the Muslims have taken it and sealed it almost three feet thick. As if to say that cement will keep our king out. And so what happens is they, they look at him and he's riding a donkey. Poor language. He, there's a foal, the, the, the colt, the, 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 the offspring of that donkey as well. I mean, he's riding humility language and they're trying to give him military language. They're trying to say, you're the prophet. You're going to smash. You're going to smash Rome. And he's coming in saying, no, I come with mercy, not with force. I come to serve. I come to lay down my life. And they say, no, you're going to take away this false kingdom and you're going to make it a kingdom. You see what happens? They were confusing the very time of Christ with the end time. See, uh, let me break it down for you this way. Go back there in 21. He's crying. He's crying after they, they, as he goes in, he's crying because they, they, they wanted to shut him up. They were like, Jesus, tell these people to shut up. The Pharisees were like, tell them to shut up. And Jesus says, if I do, the stones will cry out. Which is good news for me because I've been called a rockhead. That means God can use me. 
But here's what's interesting. He comes in this, but they're trying to say, no, Jesus, you're coming as this big, big time deliverance from Rome. And they didn't understand they needed deliverance from their sin. See, today, while we're on earth, we need deliverance from our sin. We need deliverance from, and when I say sin, I don't want you to think so much as the bad things that we've done. I want you to think of the things that we didn't do that we could have done. Don't think the bad things. Think think what we could be in Christ. What could you be doing in Christ right now? What could you be doing as the leader where you are? The great athlete that you are. The people that look to you. What could you be doing? And so he comes in with this humility language, and they don't see it, and they don't get it. Because they're expecting Jesus to come this way. Oh, you see, they got a little confused. And see, so when we get confused, we try, to, we try to superimpose it on Jesus. Go to Revelation. I'm so sorry about this. I didn't have this all in the outline. Sorry, I'm just going with the Spirit. Going with the Spirit. Okay. Revelation 19. Revelation 19, verse 11. See, this is, this is my king. Revelation 19, is, is, by the way, is this some good stuff? You like it? No? Okay, good. All right, just, just, just give a lot to the Lord. I'm just kidding. All right, here we go, verse 11. Um, verse 11, I saw, everybody there? Say amen when you're there. All right, good, about 12 of us. All right, here we go. Verse 11, see that we're confused. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and true. With justice, he judges and wages war. Listen to me, saints. Verse 12. His eyes are like a blazing fire. That means whatever he sees and looks at, it burns in his presence unless it has been purified by the blood of himself. And on his head are many crowns. Many crowns because no nation can stand against him, and the government will be on his shoulders, Isaiah. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped with blood. Sound familiar? And his name is the word of what, saints? Wow. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. Jesus doesn't come with some type of nuclear warhead. He just speaks and people fall. As in John chapter 18, when they went to arrest him and Jesus said, I am he, and they all drew back and fell to the ground because the word of God is powerful than anything in this world powerful. The scripture of God, the very word of God is more powerful than anything. It will take us to a place, the spirit will use the word of God to drive in us to get to the place where we should be instead of living in the confusion of what we think we can't be. And that is what I want to ask today. When Jesus comes, will we recognize him and he is here now? Because Not because I feel him, but because he said so. He doesn't need my feelings. I don't have to feel his presence when his word speaks. 
He is here and asking us. How do we recognize through his word, his word that confused, he comes with a donkey and they're thinking, why is he not in this white horse? Why is he not coming like that? Jesus is coming back like that. Our king is coming back like that. But guess what? When God calls us to kingdom living and when we go and we serve, we too will ride a donkey. We too will go there broke. We too will spend all we have so that other people will come into the kingdom. We too will be the ones at our jobs that they talk about behind our backs and make fun of you in your classroom and make fun of you because you stand for the Lord and you could have had this guy, but you chose to wait or you could have had this girl, but you chose to wait and the people are going to say that's crazy and you're going to say no I'm just riding a donkey but one day one day my king's coming with a white horse and your king is going to show up with blazing fire and the holiness of God the very holiness of God will become the eternal fire of hell for those who don't know him but for us we will reflect the very king's glory because he will say to you well done good and faithful servant. Will you recognize him? He's calling us to just, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Listen, we got people in here, I know, that have problems with each other. When we go riding a donkey, going to lay down our lives. What does Philippians 1 say? For it has been granted to us not only to be saved, that by God, but to suffer with him. We, we, we come with humility. The world would not recognize this. But to understand what God is saying to you, if you understand the word of God, when the word of God is a sword and it cuts through the joints and marrow, rightly dividing the sword, the, excuse me, the soul and the spirit, the, when the word of God speaks, it separates everything, flesh from spirit. And the only way to see God at work right now is to look through the lens of the spirit. When Jesus shows up, will I recognize him? Abraham came from another country to the land of Israel. Nobody would have recognized him. Moses, the banished leader, became one of the greatest leaders. A man from being banished to a man next to Jesus. Gideon. A judge in the Old Testament was scared, but God raised him up. You see, we can't look at things the way the world looks at things. We have to see it like Jesus sees it. David, he was the last, King David, he was the last of eight brothers, yet it was through him that the Messiah is called the son of David. The last on the very list, and some of us in this room might be the last on the very list, but I just want to tell you, you being the last on man's list doesn't mean you're the last on God's. Solomon, think about Solomon, what king should have he been? His own mother had an affair with David and his, and his own father committed murder to his mother's former husband. He should have been messed up. And his own half-brother tried to take the kingdom from him. 
What about Jeremiah, the great prophet? Nobody listened to Jeremiah. Nobody listened to Jeremiah. They would throw him in a well, try and starve him to death, not give him water, all because he spoke the word of God. What about Ezekiel? He was the outcast that went with Israel into exile, and that is the gospel of the kingdom. You'll go with people into their exile, and it will be very difficult for us But again, we come like our king. We follow. No servant is greater than his master. No student is greater than his teacher. We come just like our king. We come riding a donkey. We come riding the very lowest of the low. We come as these servants so people can see Jesus. What about Paul? He was the most unlikely disciple. What about Timothy, his son in the faith? He was a half Jew, half Greek. Rejected by the Jews. And what about Jesus? He was from nowhere. Nazareth. One disciple said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And yet he was the son of a teenage girl. So we recognize Jesus at the right time. Listen, we can if we will just read Scripture and say, yes, that's what it's supposed to look like. Until Jesus comes back, Jesus will come with the white horse. I'm letting Jesus come with the white horse. That's why right now I'm coming as a servant, servant, maybe even a suffering servant. That's why Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Because he will come with the white horse. That is why Jesus said, bless your enemies. I believe the reason why he said, bless your enemies, because we don't have any enemies, because Jesus destroyed them all, especially death. Because the enemy is defeated, and by giving uh, to, to your enemies, it doesn't make them stronger, it actually disarms them. Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 says this, and I love this. It says, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching show integrity seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us in other words giving to your enemies don't make them stronger it actually disarms them so that's the first one ready for the second one and we're done robbie i'm gonna ask you to come pray over me because i i need i just need i just need that prophetic song like the prophetic music like King David would just play and the spirit would move. The second fail-proof the way to recognize Jesus in our lives is very simple. And this is what I want to ask you to do today. And this is the call to faith. It's just to just obey. Look back in Matthew chapter 21. Let's look back there and especially at verse 6. Matthew chapter 21 verse 6 says this. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them. See, I believe right now the Spirit is telling you what to do. Uh, okay, it might be just, hey, I need to go, and, and I need to, I need to go make it right with this person, or you know, I, I just, I might need to go ahead and step up, or I, I might need to give, or I might need to say yes to this, or I might need to pray about this if God is calling me to some place, whether it is Ethiopia or Peru or wherever it might, I mean, whatever God might be calling you to do, saying yes to it, just saying it's very difficult. Your flesh will say no. Your body is screaming no. I promise you, and you'll say there's no way, but remember, the fire of Jesus will cut through where there is no way. He will make a way. The word instructed means this, and I I just want to kind of, 
And I got so much. Do you know how so much on this passage I got? I just want y'all to know that I could go on and on and on and y'all be like, John, just shut up. I have so much to tell you about this passage. I got too much to show you about this passage, about all the historical stuff that's going around it because it's so thick and rich about the beauty of Jesus. But I love this, just this one word. And we read over these words and these words are our lives. These words change our lives. It's when I bought into this because the Spirit of God was driving me into this. When I, the Spirit is always connecting with the Word that is Jesus. And so when I bought, when I said yes to this and it became part of there with the Spirit of God, then all of a sudden my life began to change. And I don't read over these words anymore. Well, sometimes I do. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. The word instructed means this. I want you to circle it, underline it, write this down. Don't miss this. Pray through this. I want you to get on your face in front of the Lord and say, God, what are you instructing me? Very simple. Go to the next village. He did, they didn't have to go far. Some simple assignment. Sometimes Jesus' assignments are so simple. Forgive. Give. Love. Just show up and listen. Sometimes his assignments are so simple. The word instructed means this. In the Greek, it means this. To put in order with. And I end with this. I don't have any fancy illustration. I'll have something to just take your heart out on it. It means to put in order with. Listen to this. When we listen to the word of God, we put our lives in order we put our lives in order. I mean, the Word of God, by the presence of God within us, Jesus puts our lives in order. But here's what I don't want you to miss. The actual definition means to put in order with. Sometimes I want to take my life and say, okay, I'm going to order my life. I'm going to, God, family, friends, work, and you got this whole hierarchical order. And so, but actually that's, the word means this, to put in order with. So I don't just put my life in order. I put my life in order with Jesus. So what I watch, it's in order with Jesus. What I say is in order with Jesus. Where I go is in order with Jesus. Where are my majors? It's in order with Jesus. You know, what I'm going to do over here is in order with Jesus. How I'm going to speak to my family should be in order with Jesus. How we're going to live should be in order with Jesus. How I'm going to go should be in order with Jesus. What are we going to say and live and breathe and live out the power of Jesus is in order with Jesus. Where you are, is it in order with Jesus. I mean, we can't even get past this passage. The disciples did. They did what they were instructed to do. It was just simple. They put their lives in order with the Word of God. You see, the Lord is choosing us to go. It's to put in order with, it's to be there with, it's to do this. Because you see, what's interesting is when you go, when you go, you're going to announce the king is coming. And if you go back and you read the parallel passages, they're not going to like you. 
It's going to stir up. We read there in Matthew chapter 21, it stirred up the whole city. The idea there of the stirring means to shake, to agitate, to cause, to tremble. When you go in the name of the Lord, you shake up your dorm room. You shake up your grandchildren. You shake up your job. And it brings some agitation. But don't worry about it. Just stand and watch God do his work as you put on his armor. All he asks us to do is stand and use the sword. And as you go and do, it will stir up and change the culture. But if you don't go, it won't. And don't worry. God will just send somebody else. And you'll be sitting in your life going, if God tarries and lets you get older, you'll sit back and go, man, I miss the Lord. Is that really how you want your life to end? I mean, think, isn't hell kind of like this for us? Not that we experience hell, but isn't it kind of like the worst thing we can experience is when we stand in front of the Lord and we look back and we realize what we could have been compared to what we were? I don't want to miss that. I mean, we, we, the whole city was stirred, but Jesus is coming. And when we do what God has to do, it stirs us, but am I aligning, am I putting my life in order with Jesus? So this Holy Week, on Wednesday in here at 8 o'clock, we're going to invite you. We're going to take the Lord's Supper Wednesday at 8 in here. Robbie will be leading worship, and it's going, to be, it's going to be awesome. It's not going to last but probably 45, 50 minutes, but we're just going to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to sing and spend some time with the Lord. Lord willing, next Sunday we're going to take the Lord's Supper, and we might just keep on taking it. You know why? We're going to keep on taking it until we get some things right. I hope the Spirit is stirring up within you something. I hope He's agitating something within you that to put your life in order with. Listen, just because you go with Jesus, that, listen, the easiest thing to do is not go with Jesus. Just live selfish, live selfish life. Go out there, do what you want to do. Don't pray, don't read scripture, don't come to worship, don't give. Just go live your life and just, just do what you want to do. That's the easiest life in the world. But if you want, I'm going to tell you when God speaks, He's going to ask you to give up everything. You're going to have to deny yourself. Ugh. Take up your cross daily, put your hands to the pile, not look back, and everybody's going to be screaming behind you. Wait, come back with us, come back with us. And you just can't look, even though it's like you're being ripped apart because everybody's calling you back and the Spirit of God is going this way. What do you do? It's going to stir up within you, it's going to stir up. It's not going to go good with you. Are you kidding me? Just because you go with Jesus, it's going to be very tough. Get out now. Seriously. It's going to be very difficult. Right, Shannon? Right, Kevin? It'd be much easier to be selfish, wouldn't it? Rail at God. I mean, you just get diagnosed with something else. Where's God in that? You got young children. How's that going to affect them? But you believe that this is not the end. Though we might be on a donkey right now, 
serving other people. One day, we will be able to stand with the one who rides the white horse, and he will make all things new. I just want to ask you today, have you done what God has instructed you to do, to put things in order with him? What, is he, what do you need to, listen, I'm telling you, the Lord has been impressing me for weeks. I've been saying it. What do you need him to do? What do you need him to say? Call out to him. And then watch what happens. Watch how he does it in your life. You say, but John, I didn't get an audible word. You probably won't. But he's going to make a huge path. And if you sit there and say, I won't go, I won't go, I won't go, he'll just shut. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Either you go and stir up or you can stay and he'll stir you up. Which one you want? Either way, somebody's getting stirred. Somebody is getting stirred. Yes. Yes. Never mind. So this is my prayer today. Just go. Go for it. Easiest thing in this world. I'm tired of people saying, Christians hide behind a crutch. No, selfishness is a crutch. That's a joke. I wear what I want to wear. I smell like I want to smell like. Some of you don't shower. Say what you want to say. Hurt people's feelings. Spend your money like That's easy life. Go with Jesus. See what you really made of. See how much you really have to suffer for the Lord. But you know what? You're suffering it in vain. Because one day when you stand in front of the king... When you stand in front of the king and his light is so bright on you and you're reflecting that light so bright because you are willing to sell everything for the Lord, I want to tell you there is no taste in this earth that will match just one second of a taste in heaven and you get it for all eternity. Mm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He will not deny you and he will not leave you. Father, I'll lay it all down today. What is it? My prayer is this. I love the people in this room. They're some of the best people I've ever met in my life. They're my family. They are my friends. They're my brothers and sisters. What do they need to talk to you about today? I don't even, I don't even know where to land this except to say, Lord, maybe they want to come and kneel and just say, God, I need you to instruct me in this. I need you to instruct me in this. I need to instruct, do I go here? Do I say here? How do I go and reconcile? How do I just do, do I need to grab somebody right now and just grab them and say, pray with me. I need to ask forgiveness. Come on, Lord. You know it's in our heart. God, I need you to help my family. Somebody's sick. Somebody's hurting. Somebody's friends don't know Jesus. I'm stuck at the school. I'm stuck at the new school. I don't know, God, where you lead me, where you're going, what you're trying to ask me to do. But I just want to say yes, yes, and yes. And God, you're going to have to give me the strength to be humble. You're going to have to give me the strength to ride on a donkey. You're going to have to give me the strength to be humble when I really want to just, I just really want to step out of this. I really just want to just blast some people. I really just want to not be humble, Lord. You're going to have to give me the power of the Holy Spirit to just sit down and say, I will do what you say. Lord, we come before you today. We don't want to put on any airs. We don't want to have anything in front of us. We want to worship the king today. We want to bow and worship in front of you today. Whether we're 8, whether we're 10, whether we're 18, whether we're 22, whether we're 25, whether we're 35, whether we're 78, or whether we're 85 or 91, we come to you today and we say yes. Have your will and your way. Instruct us, Lord. Instruct us and thank you for sending Jesus who became the suffering servant so we then can live and have a life. Lord, use us to disarm people, 
Disarm your enemies. Use it, Lord. Whatever it is you want. Here we are. Instruct us, Lord. Bring us together. Bring unity. Bring us to love one another. Help us to love. If we need to be instructed in love, let us get on our face today and say it. Whatever it might be, Lord, whatever you're calling us to do, we worship you, almighty King Jesus. We worship you, the one who can give, the one who will speak, the one who is not deaf, the one who is not blind, the one who will not leave us, the one who will not forsake us, the one who calls us children, the one who calls us sons and daughters, the one that we can cry out to daddy, the one we have an intimate relationship with, the one who will bring us into the kingdom. That's the one we serve and love. God, what do you need to ask today? What do we need to tell us today? Where do we need to go today? What do we need to do today? God, help us to step out and be real with you today. You humbled yourself. May we humble ourselves in response and then go boldly boldly with the name of Jesus. Help us to put everything in order with you and follow you. Lord, so as they sing over us, as they play over us, may the Spirit move mightily and transform us. And if there's someone here that doesn't know you, Lord, may today they call upon Jesus to save them and turn and follow you. Jesus' name.